All right, everybody, it is Friday, so that means Kyle and I are hitting the road, and we are headed to Chicago for our Locked On Road Trip. We got Jack Bushman here with us, and we're going to be talking a lot about the Chicago Blackhawks and that new draft pick they got, Jean-Luc Picard or something like that. I don't know what it is. New episode of Locked On Avalanche and Locked On Blackhawks. Comment at your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast and the Locked On Blackhawks Podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. I am Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom from our Locked On Avalanche show and from Locked On Blackhawks. Joining us for our uh, summer road trip uh, and our Friday crossovers, Mr. Jack Bushman from Locked On Blackhawks. What's going on, sir? How you been this summer? I'm doing well. Uh, it's been an eventful summer for my Chicago Blackhawks and one that's had a whole heck of a lot more positivity than the last few years. So mm. uh, fun times, and it's, it's certainly um, a different buzz around this team in July yeah. and at this time of the year than we've seen. So it, it's it's exciting and uh, couldn't be more pumped for the season that's ahead, fellas. How about you guys? Yeah, well, we will definitely get to that. Uh, for yeah, us, it's it's kind of business as usual. It's for an Avalanche uh, fan base, and it, it, it's like, what would you say, Kyle? Like you you expect them to not really go after like the big fish because they don't really need to. So it's kind of boring. Like for the Avalanche, like trade deadlines and and off-season free agent signings are kind of just under the radar and they just plug holes it annoys the fan base because they want the big names all the time but you don't need them when you got them so uh it's kind of what it is right now yeah it's it's one of those over the years you've kind of grown to trust the process with the roster construction you just are kind of curious how's this going to work up into the trade deadline like the season is broken up to that point and going into the season with like the free agency moves they made, you're just kind of like, okay, let's see how this works. So that's right. kind of where Avalanche fans are sitting right now. Yeah. So, uh, but definitely, like you said, like it's a different off season so far for the Blackhawks. We'll get to you know uh, the Connor Bedard things and and their their free agent signings and where they're going from here, uh, but recent news uh, kind of leads the way here, Jack and. Uh, owner Rocky words passed away. Uh, what was that Tuesday? I think it was now. Um, so I know you've covered it on your show, but, um, fill, fill the avalanche fan base in on, on what's going on in, in Blackhawk land and uh, how they're feeling right now. Um, after their owner passed away. Yeah, sad, sad times here in Chicago. Owner Rocky Wirtz uh, and Chairman Rocky Wirtz passed away suddenly at the age of 70 on Tuesday. There weren't really any reports of him having health concerns or, or long-term issues that he was battling with. Um, and obviously it is a, a bit of a complex legacy here considering the whole Kyle Beach situation went down under his leadership. Uh, despite, you know, the Block and Jenner report finding that he wasn't aware of it at the time, there's always going to be critics of that. And there's always going to be people that aren't going to believe that statement. Mm. Um, and obviously, too, he had that pretty disgraceful outburst at the Blackhawks Town Hall, which, I mean, the timing of it just couldn't have been any worse. It was a couple of weeks 
after things had, you know, kind of start to feel like they were going in the right direction, they were making changes with the front office and kind of weeding everybody out. And then he goes and does that. And it was like a complete face palming moment. <laughs> but at the same time, there's no denying all the positive impacts that Rocky Wars had on this franchise as well. I mean, we were just talking about uh, the Cubs being on television on WGN prior to recording the show. Rocky Wars was responsible for putting the Blackhawks back on television. I mean, in today's day and age, it's pretty unfathomable to think your home games aren't going to be televised, but that was a situation that Blackhawks fans were in in the early 2000s, and Rocky came in and took over for his father, Bill, after he passed away in 2007 and made those changes immediately. And also, um, it was you know, people say, well, he started off his tenure having superstars Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. That may be true, but at the same time, he was the one that kind of got them back out there and, and branding them to the entire world that made the Blackhawks recognizable once again. And he was also the one that always opened up his pocketbooks to give yeah. the Blackhawks front office, whatever they needed to go and get the job done to go and give Marion Hossa a 13 year deal. That's now been outlawed when Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, when it was their time to come and get deals, they gave, he gave them matching eight year, $84 million contracts at the time, the highest in the league, he paid Brent Seabrook, he paid, <laughs> Uh, Duncan Keith and made a lot of decisions that really benefited the Blackhawks organization, bringing back Pat Foley back. I mean, I, I could go on and on and on about all the good things that Rocky Wirtz did. So was he a perfect human being? Absolutely not. And I'm not going to come up here and defend his actions because like I said, they were certainly disgraceful, but um, I, I will, you know, on a day like this and when it's still so soon, I, I think out of respect, it, it's, nice to talk about all the positive impacts that Rocky words had. And again, I'm not defending him or saying he's perfect, but sure. it feels like there's a more appropriate time to have those conversations. And it was just a little saddening. And I do understand why people feel that way. It was just a little saddening to see some people kind of make that the, the narrative a little bit on a, on a day where uh, an icon in Chicago passed away like that. And I know there are a lot of Blackhawks fans who have heavy hearts. So absolutely a complex legacy, but no doubt about it. The Blackhawks, wouldn't be where they are. They wouldn't have had that dynasty run without Rocky Wirtz as their owner. Yeah, and I like that you mentioned bringing the Blackhawks back to a sense of notoriety because there was that period for a long time where they weren't. It was kind of a – just kind of spinning their wheels. And then to see where he directed the Blackhawks to what you know of them today, and it's it's – it's kind of sad where he's not going to see where the Blackhawks are going to go with yeah. the roster construction and this rebuild 2.0. It's, it's, it's kind of sad. And he meant a lot to the team. And I completely agree with you towards everything towards the end of his tenure, how it went down and you, it is kind of a bittersweet taste, but yeah, Rocky Warts, like everything yeah. he did for so, Chicago was fantastic. Yeah. But, and, and, you know, kind of piggybacking off of that, like, so when he took over from like his his father, um, it was kind of like polar opposites, right? Like because it seemed like the dad was just happy to have that Blackhawks name and just cash in off of that. And hey, if the team was good every once in a while, that's just an added bonus. I'm just gonna fall back on the original six, like you know, backing that this team has, and just go off of that. And then when he took over, was it not like he just? He's like, nope, uh, you gotta gotta spend money to make money, and and that's kind of like the road he took. Where does it go now? Like, who takes over now? Does he have a son that takes? Like, well, what what's going on? And and what is what is there? Like, are they going to be more like 
uh, Wurtz's father, or more like Rocky Wurtz himself? So uh, as a whole, just to put this out there first, the Wurtz family owns the Blackhawks, not just right. Rocky. And his, right, son, yes. his son Danny is actually the CEO right now. And one of the, the sadder parts about the end of Rocky's tenure is – after that town hall meeting, we we really didn't see anything from him ever again. And his son, Danny, who had just stepped in as the CEO and Jamie Faulkner, who they brought in to run the business side of things in the front office, have kind of become like the forefront and the faces of the front office. So the assumption is that Danny's probably the one that's going to take over at this point. I mean, it's the most feasible trans transition. Uh, he's been part of the front office now for uh, a year. He's obviously watched his father run this business for quite some time. So that's certainly the most likely scenario, but we don't have anything official at this point in time. Um, okay. I'm sure it's still a little bit too soon for them to figure out exactly, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm positive. We'll hear more about it in, in the next couple of weeks for sure. But the most likely uh, outcome I would guess and all Blackhawks fans do is that Danny's going to, going to be the next one, but he, he's been, you know, uh, a big part of the Blackhawks efforts to be more active in the community and make sure they're uh, creating this positive environment. And he's really been doing a lot of good stuff um, in the Blackhawks community. So there's been a lot of good stuff that we've seen from Danny Wirtz in this past year. And that has us encouraged for the direction that the Blackhawks would be heading in if he's the one that would end right. up taking over. All right. Uh, well, let's, Ooh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I wanted to add one point. Oh, uh, Kyle, Kyle brought up that it's, it's kind of sad that Rocky's not going to be able to see this, this next generation of Blackhawks. Oddly yeah. enough, his father, Bill passed away right before Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane played their mm. seasons. Kind of odd Whoa. timing. Kind Whoa. of odd timing. Whoa. I just got like, yeah, uh, that that's a little chilly. Ooh, that's interesting. Okay. Uh, well, let's talk about that team and where they're headed. And uh, obviously the Connor Bedard move and those moves that they made in the offseason. But first, we're going to hear from FanDuel and FanDuel.com. Take your swing at betting Major League Baseball at FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. You can just bet $20 and you will land $200 in bonus bets and you get those bonus bets back. Win or lose, that is $200 you can spend betting on everything from the money line to over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. I don't know if I've asked you this, Jack, uh, are you, are you, you lean, uh, Chicago Cubs or Chicago white Sox? Check out the wall behind me. My guy, I'm a big, big Cubby. I big Cubby oh, I see, there, there's the pennant. Okay. Gotcha. All right. How are they doing this year? I don't know. I haven't really followed the national league too much other than the Rockies who you can't really follow them, but, uh, how are, how are the Cubbies doing this year so far? It's been a little bit middling, but they're actually in the midst of a five-game winning streak right now. Damn. They just beat the White Sox a few days ago and actually got into a little bit of an interesting scuffle with the Cardinals tonight as uh, oh, Miles Michaelis yeah. hit Ian Happ and got ejected in the first inning. So it, it was a harmless. Down. It was a harmless hit batsman. Yeah, I it, think it, it was because he threw at him the first time and missed, and then threw at him again. Come on, those first inning stuff too. Wow, I wow. Know. Your your Mike's. Uh, Screwing up, Shaggy. Fix that thing. Uh, <laughs> so there's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. You get up to $200 in bonus bets. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, Jack. Uh, rewind uh, not that long ago, a couple months ago, and to – lottery night 
And if you can kind of put yourself back into the mode of before your card was turned, what was going on through your head all all of that day leading up? I mean, you guys, I think, had the third best odds, right? So you were going to have a, a, a top pick regardless. Uh, but when when you're in that lottery and for for this prize, did you have the butterflies all day long, just hoping, praying, doing any like converting to any religion that would give you the best odds? Uh, what was going through your mind? Yeah, it was uh, a wild feeling because I've told this story a few times now. I don't know why, but just in the weeks leading up and everyone, all the lockdown hosts of like teams that had been in contention had been posting their tankathon odds and, Mm -hmm. you know, going through it 50 times a day to see how many times their team was going to get the first overall pick. (laughs) I, I didn't, I didn't do that one time. And I don't know. I just had this weird feeling and it's the opposite. I had this feeling we weren't going to get him, but I was very comfortable knowing we were guaranteed a top five pick. The top five in this year's draft was filled with talent argument. All five of them would have gone number one overall the year prior, probably would have. Yeah. So I was very comfortable knowing we were going to get a a real big game changer. Now the day of for sure, I was like, all right, the opportunity is finally here. Like the butterflies had kicked in a little bit. Um, and, and watching the draft lottery go down, I mean, just watching it one by one, like, all right, we dodged that bullet, we dodged <laughs> that bullet. And then there's that whole ordeal where like TNT spoiled Kevin, yeah. it, Kevin Weeks spoiled it before going to the break. So everyone's like, wait, wait we're in the final two, we're in the final two. And then it, it actually happened. And man, I, I it had been a while since I had gone that crazy. I ran it into my backyard on my deck, like a little schoolgirl. girl. I, yeah. Wasn't quite That's sure how great. to handle my emotions because uh, the opportunity that lies ahead for the Blackhawks now that they they have that pick, I mean, yeah, um, it changes everything, and it was an incredible feeling. But yeah, didn't didn't really think we were going to get it, but uh, <laughs> ended up working out in our favor for sure. That's fantastic. Yeah, and we mentioned it in the first about the ownership between the Warts, and you mentioned just kind of the changing of the times between the the owners, like the Griswold jersey being the one, you know, kind of cultural thing that you knew with the Blackhawks under the father's leadership. And then Rocky, you had the dynasty. And now you have what is being projected as a generational talent. What does that kind of expectation with Connor Bedard and this roster that you have put together, what does that mean for Blackhawks going forward? Coming out of some dark times for Chicago, does this shine a light and optimism and kind of a rallying point for, hey, Blackhawks fans, it's time to come back. We're building something special here around Bedard. Yeah, it absolutely feels that way. And and honestly, it feels like the first time that I've had genuinely something to look forward to as the host of this show <laughs> and doing it in two and a half years, right? It's like, all right, are, is everyone going to be back on the Blackhawks bandwagon again? But awesome. um, look, I, I think Kyle Davidson is general manager. Kyle Davidson is still going to stick to his plan and he's still going to be patient for this upcoming season. But I think he did a really good job of making this roster exciting. And while I think the expectations haven't really changed because they didn't go out and make the biggest moves in free agency, despite having a ton of money. Um, But it's going to be a team that's going to be fun to watch for the first time in quite a while. Now, years, years down the road, that's when I think two, three, four years is when we're going to be looking more competitive. But just the pure excitement that's going to be around the Chicago Blackhawks team with Connor Bedard 
at the forefront. And they bring back Andreas Athanasiu, who plays a high-paced game and looked good at the end of the year. They bring in Taylor Hall, someone mm-hmm. who's you know got a chip on his shoulder and is still trying to prove he can be a top-six guy. Plays with a lot of speed there. So um, th- there is a lot of reasons to be excited about this Blackhawks team next season, even though they might not be the most competitive yet but just that intrigue around the team alone and knowing that there is the potential for something special in the not so distant future. I think that alone is going to draw a a buzz and and an excitement around this team that I've been missing for far too long. Yeah, man, I I totally understand that. Um, And and we'll get to the team as a whole in a minute, but uh, keeping the focus on Bernard right now, like what is for, for year one, we know what the expectation is for, you know, the career, um for year one what are like the expect the expectations for him from from a team standpoint not not the fan expectation maybe you know sky high you know mcdavid numbers uh but from from the organizational level what do they want from him in year one rather than just to stay healthy for 82 games Yeah, I think they more so just want to see the opportunity. And I think this was a big reason why they went out and and got a guy like Taylor Hall and brought back Athanasiu. They want to make sure they're giving him guys that will help him develop. And looking at that Blackhawks roster from last year, there weren't very many guys that if you put Connor Bedard out there, we're going to be able to keep up uh, skill-wise and speed-wise with him. So I think it's just about taking that first leap. Obviously, you know, he, he just turned 18 years old a few days ago. Yeah. He is a little bit on the smaller side, so I'm sure there's going to be some growing pains and uh, learning just how to play against grown men. Um, but uh, I think that the the opportunity that he's going to get inside the Blackhawks' top six, numbers aside, they just want to see him kind of consistently grow as the year progresses. And I, I think... He's got an opportunity to do that now um, that they've added some pieces around him. So, yeah, yeah, just kind of just take those first few steps. Uh, obviously, the fan expectations are going to be pretty crazy, but uh, trying to keep a level head on, on everything, I think, is the, the best way to try to move forward. And I know people are trying to say he's going to score 40 next year. It would be great, but I don't mm. want people to be disappointed if he, you know, scores 25, 30. That. Like, that's going yeah. to be a great first season for anyone, you know? Right. Yeah, it's a tough yeah. spot. I uh, can't hear you, Kyle. Fix your mic again. He's having microphone issues. I don't know what the heck's going on with Kyle. Yeah. I, I got to ask you, do you have a Bedard jersey yet? Did you order? <laughs> I have a jersey. I don't have the oh, Bedard jersey nice. yet. It's coming soon. The shirt the shirt jersey came out came out first. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, I tell you, that, like, I tell you, though, like, the, the one thing, I mean, a lot impresses me about him, right? Obviously, the skill is there. It's just, like, off the charts. But um, I've seen interviews with him, and – for you know 17 year old kid with all this expectation and and the the weight of the hockey world and now the weight of you know this specific franchise you know once he got who he knew he was going to that's a pretty big team that you're 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 carrying the load for he just like his interviews he's so just calm cool and collected um and even like in in the moment right like after the juniors um they're interviewing him on the ice after canada won and i don't remember who was interviewing him just wanted to ask it like the the team is celebrating right and and whoever it was is is wanting to to ask him like personal questions about how he played and the records he broke during that tournament and he just came out and he was very respectful in it and he was just like 
I'm not going to answer that stuff. And like, look at the, he goes, look at those guys over there. That's, that's who we should be talking about. And I'm like, dude, for a 17 year old kid to really like understand that moment, uh, that, that was like, wow, I think I could root for this kid. And then he had to go to the Blackhawks. And then I'm like, no, I can't root for him anymore. But he's, ahead, he's been, uh, so he's been yeah. remarkably impressive. And one of my favorite yeah. quotes from this off season from general manager, Kyle Davidson is, um, he was asked about the opportunity to take or the opportunity, what it means for the opportunity to have Connor Bedard moving forward. And he said, it's a real special opportunity to have uh, or a, a really awesome opportunity to have a, a special player, but an even more special person. And it's true. I yeah. think in just, you know, the mirage of interviews that he's given since being drafted and just being swarmed by the press, like the maturity that he showed. And as you mentioned at 17 years old has been incredible and never wants to make it about himself. You can tell he's, uh, a little uncomfortable when they're asking him questions about this stuff and all the media swarms that he's getting. Uh, I've just said he, he kind of is just like a, a normal 17 year old kid that happens to be just in that gener rare generational talent category, but he he's been spectacular. And that that's the reason why I've talked on my show. Like I really do think he's the type of kid that can handle this weight on his shoulders because mm -hmm. He just seems so calm, cool, and collected. And like, he's in his own lane and he has his own motivations and like he expects the ceiling out of himself. So like whatever anybody else expects really doesn't matter to him, you know? Yeah. And I've, I've been super impressed by him, man. And that was what I was going to ask. We've been having thunderstorms. So bear with me. Uh, yeah. Well, weather across. We, that's the one thing we also talk. Is, is it cooling down in your room, Jack? It's starting to get there. I apologize for the audience that's watching me just sweat on the screen for the last 20 minutes. I'm doing my best out here. I'm like already done with that's 32 crazy. ounces, yeah. man. I'm dying yeah. over here. But anything for the shows, boys. Anything that's for great. the shows. That's great. No, and, and Jack, you, you touched on it. That was going to be my question is with this team's roster construction, this is a lot to ask of a now 18 year old kid to shoulder the load and be the face of an original six quote unquote original six team like <laughs> yeah. do you think he can rise to the moment is this team enough to shoulder some of that and kind of take this all on there's i mean there's a changing of the guard in chicago and you're asking Connor bedard to kind of be that face he's already selling the jerseys he's he's got the hype he's it's now that name and he now has a number that you can identify with. What is the, the, the amount of patience that you have with Bedard before fans start getting iffy and waffling and because he is, he's being billed as a generational, like the second coming of Wayne Gretzky. There's all these things that are thrown out about him, but can he shoulder that expectation for not just this initial season, but for years to come going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be one of the toughest things for him right out of the gate, right. Is pretty unfairly. People are going to be expecting big things right out of the gate. And I'm sure that's going to be a difficult thing for an 18, 19 year old kid to handle in such a big market. And again, like I talked about earlier, there's going to be so many people coming back to watch this Blackhawks team for the first time in years, because they've heard about this kid and they don't really know anything truthfully about him, just all the promise that's been around him. And, and it's going to be a really tough situation for sure. But um, I, I think a lot of that too is going to ride on the, the veterans that are around him. And one reason in particular um, 
I've liked the additions of Corey Perry and Nick Felino here in the off seasons, because you bring in two guys like that, who have been around some very special talents and played for some very special teams and can help guide not only Bedard, but a lot of these youngsters that are going to be coming through the Blackhawks this season and, and next. And um, Corey Perry actually was up in Montreal when Luke Richardson was the assistant coach there. And Richardson spoke very highly about how Corey Perry helped aid in the development of guys like Nick Suzuki and uh, Cole Caulfield. So I think that was a very smart addition and also someone who obviously can go out there and keep him protected too, if guys are trying to go and rough it up. So I think a lot of that too, is just going to be on the, the elder guys in the locker room. I know there's not many uh, around right now and not any from the, those old Blackhawks teams any longer, but um, there, there's going to be, you know, it's not just Bedard himself going to be handling it. This is, the plan for the organization. And I'm sure they're thinking years ahead of how they're going to give him the right supporting cast and handle this development properly. So I I hear you buzzing again, Kyle, uh, educate me here, Jack, because I, I, what is the plan? Because I'm, I'm looking at their, their roster and I'm, I'm on their cat friendly page. And with the exception of Seth Jones, uh, Connor Bedard's got the longest term on the team at his three-year deal is the longest term. <laughs> so, so all of these, like the majority of these guys are on one, two-year contracts. At what point do you start building this thing around him? So he doesn't have this turnover year after year and he's playing with guys consistently year after year. Yeah. It's, it's good. The signings that you made, um, Let's see. Yeah, the Corey Perry thing, Nick Felino, one-year deals. So, like, you're revisiting that next year. I mean, you just go to their cap friendly. There's nothing beyond 25-26, like I said, with the exception of Seth Jones. What is the plan here? Tell me. It's Fill wild. me in. It's wild, right? It's, it's crazy. Yeah, looking it, at cap, looking at it doesn't make sense. Insane. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry to talk over you. But, no, 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 no um, you're good. Yeah, it's oddly enough, it's what Kyle Davidson's wanted. And it's the reason why he gave Nick Foligno and Corey Perry $4 million contracts. We both know they're absolutely not worth anything close to that, but that's kind of what it took for them to sign those short one year deals to come to the Blackhawks. And despite them probably not being a team that's going to contend next year. And those are obviously two elder skatesmen who are trying to go and get Stanley cups. That's kind of the incentive behind Kyle Davidson, giving them that much money. But the reason that he wants to do that is Last season was kind of the first year, obviously it was his first full year as Blackhawks general manager, where he, he's kind of giving everything a test. And obviously um, this is in a full scale rebuild. You have to have so many you know, draft picks and it takes a while for a lot of them to step on the scene. A lot of them are going to be coming this year and we're kind of just going to be figuring out what we need to address because defensively we have an absolute slew of prospects that are going to be coming up these next four, uh, these next four years. Like it, obviously they're not all going to pan out, but you're banking on some of them. And in the forward group right now, Philip Kershev just got a short two-year deal. Uh, Taylor Radish has a one-year deal. Andreas Athanasiu, two-year deal. These guys are just a, a little bit of fillers right now. And Hey, if some of them prove themselves worthy of being here for the full-blown rebuild, then absolutely. We're going to be giving them out contracts, but 
Uh, Kyle Davidson really just wants to kind of, it seems like he's okay playing this patient game, letting his prospects develop at a proper clip. And then when that proper time comes to bring them up, then we'll evaluate what they have. And he wants to be able to have a, a lump sum of money to go out there and attract free agents when they believe that competitive window is opening up again. So obviously it's a little bit of a unique route that they're taking here yeah. with having legit no contracts on their books past these next two years. But that's actually what Kyle Davidson's wanted because it gives him the ability to go in literally any direction that he wants. And now that we've gotten Bedard and checked off that generational talent box, arguably the hardest one to check off in a full-scale rebuild, it gives him a little bit of freedom knowing that um, he, he has this flexibility financially and a really good prospect pool coming behind them. Hmm. Oh, can't hear you, Kyle. <laughs> He's he's having a bad day. Yeah, it's, it's a bad day for for, the, for Kyle's for Um But you know, going back to their their cap right now, like they almost have thirteen million dollars still in yeah. cap space, and they have a full roster. Do you were you going to go down that road, Kyle? Or I, w- I was also going <laughs> to ask the question. You have Morazic and Soderblom in net, and when it comes to this evaluating the roster and its construction and who can provide are is that goalie tandem enough to help with your evaluation because like chris was mentioning they have money to address you were talking about the defense they need a little help in defense as well and you said it'll be about four years before these prospects start panning out is the defense and the goalie tandem enough to really evaluate the structure of the forward group because if you're if you're back in the same hole that you were in last year when it comes to scoring goals and everybody has a chance to score goals on you and your Mrazic's being shredded and you're relying on Soderblom, is that enough to really understand where you're at with your forwards and when do you look at the construction of the team? Yeah, that's actually a really really fair and valid comment that you bring up, and I think it it will be a little bit difficult, especially if Peter Mrazic is. Uh, the one getting the the majority share of starts and he played how he did for the the majority of last season. Um, it might be hard to tell how some of the guys who are coming onto the scene next year, like an Alex Vlasic and an Isaac Phillips and potentially Kevin Korchinski, their first round pick seventh overall in the 2022 NHL draft. It might be a little difficult to properly evaluate those guys. And Honestly, that that's one of the interesting points about the Blackhawks this year, because in terms of their forwards, I really like what they have in their forward group. And I think they will definitely be better than they were offensively last year. But in terms of their defense and goaltending, that's where I really believe the Blackhawks are going to struggle the most. So um, it is kind of a curious case to see Peter Morazic being the one that's backstopping this team. But um he is kind of in a filler spot as well because the backup you mentioned, Arvid Soderbloom, Soderbloom, it's still up for debate literally to this day. No one's absolutely sure. Um, he's Marshan, yeah, literally, it goes back and forth. You got a Canadian Marshawn. broadcaster, an American, it, it, you never know. But um, the, the Blackhawks do have an interestingly deep goalie prospect pool. Uh, Soderbloom, someone who's kind of surprisingly come through the ranks this past season, and then. Drew Comesso, who was a second round pick way back in 2020, he's played for USA Hockey a few times and actually at the Olympic Games, despite only being 21 years old, he's coming to the professional level next year. So again, it just feels like uh, 
while the Blackhawks sure have Connor Bedard coming onto the scene and they made some small moves, it's still kind of a filler year next year at the end of the day. Hmm. Well, it is, uh, <clears throat> you're right. I, I, like this year, I don't think the expectations are over the moon, but at least you guys have like something to look forward to each and every game, right? Like you can see, let's see like what the progression is over the course of this year. And then, yeah, I mean, being in, in the division with the avalanche, uh, whenever they turn that corner, it, it, it's, it's going to be a nightmare for, for a long time for the rest of the division and the rest of the league. So um, it's, it's something for Blackhawk fans to definitely look forward to and everybody else uh, to not look forward to because it's, yeah, they're going to be a force once they yeah. get every, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and interestingly, I think for, for this season, um, we, when the schedule came out, Kyle and I went over that, I think the Blackhawks aren't, aren't they starting like the season, like five straight road games and the fifth road game, is the Avalanche first home game. So that that should be I mean that should be an interesting one because the Blackhawks might just be dead tired just from being on the road forever and the Avalanche will be ready to go because that's game 1 uh, of the season at home. So I don't know if Bedard is going to have so much fun at least in that game. We shall the, see. The Blackhawks <laughs> always get the ringer right out of We've opened up in Colorado 3 yes. years in a row. I mean Yeah. We'll, we'll be playing in the Avs home opener three, three years in a row. Yeah. We open up with <laughs> Boston, Montreal, New York, every literally every big market they could think of to market Connor Bedard. Oh my, isn't Check that... it off. The Blackhawks are going on that road trip to open up the year. They play like twice at home in the first 10 games. Wow. It's going to be brutal, boys. Wow. Thanks, Bettman. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, it, it, it'll be fun, man. It'll definitely be fun to watch them. We will, we'll should uh, check in during, during the season and do a couple more crossovers and uh, see how the fan base is, is accepting how Bedard going through the lumps, which is going to happen. There's going to be ups and downs in the first year, but you're probably going to see those glimpses of, Oh boy, this is scary. So uh Throw out where people can find you in the show so our listeners can uh, follow you along the season along with uh, Mr. Bedard. Yes, for tons of annoying Connor Bedard stuff, go and check out <laughs> uh, Lockdown Blackhawks on Twitter at capital L capital O underscore Blackhawks. You can find the show for free wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And if for some odd forsaken reason you want to hear more from sweaty old me over here, you can find <laughs> me at Jack Bushman too on Twitter. Love it. Uh, and follow us over on Twitter as well, LOPN underscore Avalanche. Uh, actually, my phone updated. It's officially not Twitter on my phone anymore. It's now oh, X. wow. It's now X. Yes, the icon has changed. Although I have an Android phone, so I can change the icon back to Twitter if I want to. Um, but uh, I don't know what we're supposed to say now. It's just weird saying follow us on X. But whatever. I, yeah, I haven't yeah. thought about that. Yeah, that's gonna, gonna be a whole new intro now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and of course, our YouTube channel. Subscribe to that, and you can follow Mr. Shaggy Von Doom at at Shaggy Von Doom. At Shaggy Von Doom. Is on. <laughs> it is working. Uh, all right, man. Enjoy. Uh, it'll be it'll be a fun watch, I think, for this year for uh, the Blackhawks, and uh, I will definitely be watching, mainly because I have to. And talk about it, so. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Looking forward to uh, having some more competitive games than we've had in the last few years and not getting blown out on opening night anymore. Love it. Yeah. And and like I've always said, like a team like the Blackhawks, the league is in a better spot when when they're competitive. So that's what you want. 
Um, all right. He's one of our favorites. Jack Bushman from Locked On, Locked On Blackhawks. For Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, I'm Chris Maselli from Locked On Avalanche. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, making it your first listen. And uh, that's it for this week. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll see everybody on Monday.